3: American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter. This is Clayton Harris and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Dramatic with you ladies and
8: gentlemen on a fr- oh, on a Friday. Friday's never going to let me down though. I'll tell you that. Cuz uh Bino Jeff Henderson's on assignment. He'll be here in about an hour. He's out looking for Tennessee's tackle who's now on the portal. We talked about that yesterday on the air. I, I, I made a call. Uh, those of you that were listening yesterday on the air, and we were we were talking about Quinshad Jenkins going into the portal, which I will discuss with Mike Hugan and coming up. We're also going to discuss with Neil McCrady coming up. McCready, um, <laughs> just when you think you've got it all figured out, college football changes the questions. First, that five-day addendum to the transfer window. Then you see, all of a sudden, you see, yesterday, those of you who were listening, and the people that were on Spaces heard me talking to somebody who said, hey, the word is that Mincy's getting in the portal. Uh, And we came right on the air with it. And uh, sure enough, yesterday afternoon, he jumps in the portal. Now Tennessee's got a a little bit of a conundrum. Because first of all, they already need an interior offensive lineman. The question is, how much money do you have left? And the answer is, do you want to go chasing after Mincy, who's been a little bit of a pain in the rear end of them, although he's been an okay player. I would call him like, and on the blog today we talked about this, Orange Throat's got an entry, and then below that, over at tclub.team, I sort of go into the finances of what's going on with these tackle guys. And the fact of the matter is is that if you're a high-level tackle in this league, you're probably making about anywhere between three hundred and five hundred thousand and 500 thousand dollars a year which you know it's good money to start your life buy a home save your money a lot of these people aren't but god knows what's going to happen at tax time to some of them but it's not my world i'm not living in it i sure hope they're saving the other thing is a guy like Mincy is a kind of a little little bit above replacement level player, I guess is what I would call him. But he wants above replacement player money, is my understanding, and Tennessee and him are going to play chicken with each other. We'll see what happens. Just because people go into the portal doesn't mean they don't come back. We've seen that before. We had a couple of those last year, right, Brian? Didn't we have a couple people go into the portal last year and come back? You yeah, one print. was Tyler Barron was one of them. I Barron think. did it. There you go. So this is and what this is what it is. I don't is. know if there was another one.
9: Mm-hmm.
8: Brian, do you hold it against people when they go into the portal and if they come back? Do you, does that bother you as a fan or is the business side of this thing the business side of this thing and you don't take it personally? Well, coaches
10: are constantly moving around and players, you can't blame them for wanting to keep their options open too. Remember a lot of these players didn't grow up Tennessee fans the way some of their fans did. Yeah, like Memphis, Florida. They didn't yeah. They, yeah, that's right. So you have to sort of look at it differently in that perspective than well he should, he's a he's like a ball
8: like me. No, they're they're different. They're not the same. So the whole deal is uh, going to be interesting. It's always been interesting. Uh our head coach is getting some pressure on him from the people that spend the money and write the checks regarding, and, and Orange Throat wrote this today. We, we italicized it in the blog today, but if you want to look at it, go look at it. We, we, we call it like it is in real time here. I don't, I'm beholden to no one uh, except you, uh, the folks that market their businesses and their goods on this show, and trying to help my community be better. But I'm not here to kiss somebody's tail. Never have been. From that perspective, uh, the head coach is getting some a lot of blowback on this Ellerby guy who they just don't develop young players or they swing and miss on guys. And he's getting a lot of pressure. The problem is this Ellerby guy is like his best friend in life. So that's going to be an interesting thing to watch develop here. I'm just telling you what's going on behind the scenes. You can choose to believe that or not. It is what it is. Mike Huguenin our Friday date's going to join us. We'll get in with him. You know, LB they're getting some pressure at a time where there there goes another. There goes a starting tackle out the door. Now now we know what happened with the kid that's, you know, at Colorado and we know they Probably planned on plugging him in, and Mincy knows that. Hey, Mincy's looking at that, going, "Hey, wait a second here." And in his mind, this is how everybody is. In his mind, he's gone. Now I played as much as I could last year, and I started and didn't get a quarterback hurt. Played okay. You're going to give him seven hundred thousand dollars. These guys all have the internet, say this is not thirty years ago. These guys all know, and even back then, people knew. Somebody showed up with a shiny new car and this, that, and the other. At any rate, we'll get into it. 865-200-5402. Mike Huganen joins. Neil McCready joins. Bino will be by an hour or two. Sam Herter as well. It's a stacked and packed Friday with you. 865-200, Eight six five two hundred. Don't well, I just give a number out of the reflex. I don't want a phone call. We're 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 going to talk to some people. We're going to try to get to the bottom of this. What is Quinshaw junk What is his angle? Is he really is he really going to go to Auburn? Oh, let's see if I can trigger McCready over Ravano Freeze. It's going to be so much fun, Ravano Freeze. And then this Mincy thing, you know, I'm going to make a couple calls here myself. This this Mincy thing is, uh, I mean, what in the world, man? But I guess if the guy can find somebody to pay him, so be it. Tens at twos, twos at tens, and then there's me as we continue on the other side after this.
11: This is Coach Devin Simler from Columbia Central Baseball. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
2: It's Terry from Tillis Jewelry. Our customers know us for our one-of-a-kind custom jewelry. And this year, we've outdone ourselves with the TJ Collection Christmas Edition. Feast your eyes on the Deco line, featuring a modern twist on the lovely Art Deco style. You won't be disappointed. We guarantee you'll love everything about the TJ Christmas Edition. Stop by Tillis Jewelry on Columbia Square, where the best surprises come in small, beautifully wrapped packages. Happy Holidays from Tillis Jewelry.
7: Elevate your day at Old School Vapor. Check out our selection of disposables like Kato Bar, VHO, Raz, Lost Mary, Breeze, and more. Enjoy 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase and 20% off everything else. With every $20 Club 13 purchase, snag a chance to win a Rad Runner e-bike. And for Exodus lovers, every purchase gets you a ticket to win an Xbox Series S. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com.
6: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.
8: Tony, be back with you on a Friday. little
6: little, uh, what we like to call a
8: little dead air there. Hey, listen, young broadcaster out there, I take you under my wings every day. Because this is show prep to the world. Mike Hugan and joining, don't be afraid of a little dead air. It's not the end of the world. It's not going to hurt you. You know, it creates a little suspense. You, you watch a movie, you know, they, they use a little quiet. You got to have a little quiet with your noise every once in a while. Not everything needs to be pulsing at people 24 7. Let's go the the ebbs and the flows and the ups and the downs. Let's bring in, without further ado, appearing on the TLD Logistics Hotline online at TLDLogistics.com. Bow thy head when you say thy name on a football Friday. Ladies and germs, Mike Huguenin. Hugie, welcome in. Yesterday, I'm sitting here doing the show. John Adams is with me. It's incredible. We're breaking it down scientifically with the great Matt Dixon and Brian Hartman and Quinshaw Junkins enters the portal. And all hell's breaking loose. And then it happened to the Vols yesterday afternoon uh, with Gerald Mincy going into the portal. And many people assumed that the darn thing was closed on uh, on January the second, but Hughie in college football. Just when you think you know the answers, the questions are always going to change. Because who the world knows what's going on in major college football these days. Yeah, the, the, the
13: Judkins thing was exceedingly interesting. Ole Miss was good this year. They're supposed to be really good next year. Uh, and I would argue that Judkins w- was the focal point of the offense, even though Jackson Dart is there. Uh, first thing I saw when he went to the portal: okay, he's an Alabama kid. Uh, he went to Pike Road High, which is, I think, either near Birmingham or Montgomery. I'm not sure which one. It's about 20 miles outside of one of those two cities. I think it is Montgomery. So, um, oh, he's going to Alabama or Auburn. Uh, and then I'm thinking, man, I'm not sure Alabama needs a running back. Auburn does. So there's, but I still, you know, the the way Ole Miss is bringing in Portal players, which means the way Ole Miss is spending money on portal players, uh, I'm a little bit surprised they're letting a key member of the team leave.
8: But um, they're not going to let him leave, right? I mean, that, that's kind of the point. But here, here's the rub, right? So I'm talking to some people yesterday and just trying to, trying to get some backstory. And you know, when you've been doing something as long as you and I have, you can pick the phone up, and call somebody. It's a, it's a resource that that we have if you've done your job and people trust you. Um, so I'm calling around, and, and I find out basically during one of my commercial breaks yesterday when this thing was happening, that uh, the deal with running backs in this market is that they're devalued. It's like it's like the NFL. Correct. And, and, you, and he's the best player in the seen, portal. Yeah, that's right. That's
13: right. They are more seen as, Okay, there's a. I think the the like like the NFL payroll. Yep. If we're spending ten percent of our offensive budget on running backs, that's fine. Yep. We're not spending twenty percent because there's a lot of those dudes out there. Um, and it goes back to if your offensive line, you know, Jukins is really good. Um, Travis Etienne left Florida for Georgia. He's really good. But I think the idea is that yes, those guys are really good, but how do we know we don't have another really good guy behind them or maybe this other guy is not quite as explosive and won't average 5.6 yards per carrier but will average 5.2, and that's what it comes down to. We're not doing that, and I think they're following the the example set by NFL teams. There are a lot of running backs out there, um, even at lower levels, um, all you got to do is in the SEC is look at Cody Schrader from Mizzou, and granted, that's not an everyday occurrence. But this dude was playing Division team yep. football
9: in the
13: SEC Hill. in rushing. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of running backs out there, and, and schools just like NFL teams are not going to overpay for running backs.
8: There are a dime a dozen, yeah. but 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 this kid's a special player, like you just He's, said. It, it for, first of all, immediately he becomes. I don't, I don't even. I don't even look at the rankings. I have no idea what's what. Because rankings are about as subjective as they come. But if that guy's not the number one player in the portal, who would be? He's got to right be, now, right?
13: Yeah, right now I think he is. Okay. Um, back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Actually ran for more yards as a freshman. Back-to-back seasons with at least 15 rushing touchdowns, which is obviously a pretty a pretty nice deal. Has shown an ability to be quasi-productive as a receiver. You know, n- nothing big, but he's a nice safety valve. So... Um, yeah, he's. I'm, um, and you're right. Maybe this is all a negotiation You know, it's it's crass to say, but a negotiating ploy, and he ends up back at Ole Miss. But, um, you know, the idea that tampering has not gone on with star players you know, that that's obviously a joke. So, um, yeah, I'm assuming that Judkins's people yep. have had conversations with uh, folks from other schools.
8: Do you think, like a Hugh Freeze, is he capable of that? You think? <laughs>
13: Yeah, yeah, yes. You know, people, what Hugh Freeze did at Ole Miss is legal now. I I mean, the the football part. The football part. (laughs) The football (laughs) part. He he, he out and out, the NCAA and everybody, he out and out paid for players. And Mm. right now in the NCAA, that's above board now. I'm not sure it's totally legal, but the NTA has no way to enforce it. So, um, And the idea of back-channel communication goes on all the time. Maybe it's as simple as a assistant coach from State U is at a, at, at a high school recruiting a kid for a class two years down the road, and he brings up to the high school coach, yeah, when Joey Five Star was here, we really liked that kid. Yeah, what, what have you heard about him? How happy is he at his school? That's you know that's the kind of stuff that gets done every day. So um, a lot of it's more overt as well. But Quinshawn Judkins going in that that is that was a huge moment uh, in this football offseason.
8: And if he lo- and if he leaves, Ma- even though even though um, running backs in a sense. There are a dime a dozen, but the special guys are still the special guys. There was once a time where a talent like him would have been picked at the top of an NFL draft right right, right. I mean like the number one number two number three here's what I was told yesterday when you when you look at what's going on in and nobody truly knows, but I was told somebody that does know because they're inside one of these deals and they said that the the, the positions that are that are drawing the wealth, Running backs, high school running backs right now are going for peanuts compared to other positions. Quarterbacks are your highest paid. Cornerbacks, CBs are drawing a lot of money. Offensive tackles are drawing a lot of money. And edge rushers are the premium yeah. positions. And that's it. Th- those yeah. are the guys that are making the money on these the teams. The edge
13: rusher aspect and, and stud defensive tackles aren't doing too bad, too badly either. Um, but it is interesting about Judkins. You know, he got there as a freshman, uh, and Ole Miss had Zach Evans, and he outrushed Zach Evans, and then Evans is now uh, in the NFL. Uh, Judkins had a little bit lesser year, but he was by, I think he led the team in rushing by more than 2-1, to one. so it will be interesting to see if what Ole Miss does, if Judkins goes back or who they turn to, to uh, potentially be the lead runner next year, so with it's And they're going to be a good team. They've done really good work in the portal because Kiffin has to because yep. he's not a great recruiter high school-wise. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, that's it was extremely interesting news um, in the middle of a week when everybody was focused on Michigan and Washington. All of a sudden, what? Quinshawn Judkins Jenkins is in a portal. Oh, my.
9: Yeah.
8: and And even <laughs> – and even if the portal's still open, it's like, what are we... I, I thought this thing... That that sport continues to fall forward. The ratings for that first playoff, and of course, the ratings for the second playoff game would have been immense if a lot of people didn't fall asleep like myself. Yeah, that was... Uh, what are they doing? Why would you start a game at 9.30 Eastern time? Uh, uh, I mean, who does that? The NFL doesn't do that in the playoffs, Yugi. That's silly. I think it was more like 9... 10 or something. Still silly. It, it's still the, it's
13: because the, the Rose Bowl has to start at 5. And, you know, and... Why? Because the Rose Bowl get gets what it wants. Why? you saw a bunch of people writing uh, on Tuesday and Wednesday, uh, you know, this Rose Bowl was phenomenal. That's why, you know, I, that's the greatest sight in college football. Every oh, national gosh. championship game should be played there. Ugh. You like know, get get away with that stuff. I do like the fact that it's outside um but you know no 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 every national title game does not need to be played in LA where no one cares about college football let's get serious so um but it did, it did it, i think it, it the, the late ending of that game and the the ending was epic because you're like how did Wash how did washington get itself in this position this game was over and yet, here Texas just going into the end zone. But both those semifinal games were, were tremendous.
8: Absolutely incredible. As a great Mike Higginan joins us, and we're breaking it down scientifically. I want to go back to something here because you you've, you you know you have a background with this guy from the Florida days. Tell me about uh, your thoughts on Mincy going into the portal.
13: Yeah, You know, Min- Mincy went to a good uh, high school program in Fort Lauderdale, Cardinal Gibbons. He was mm-hmm. not it's not as good as St. Thomas Aquinas, which might be the best program in the nation, seriously. But Cardinal Gibbons is good. They're all, the kids are well coached. Um, he goes to Florida, doesn't play, goes to Tennessee, starts last year. And if you looked at full, Florida's offensive line the last two years, you're like, man, they should, sure could have used Gerald Mincy. But I guess Mincy got hurt this year and didn't really play all that much or all that well. Um, I, I was surprised that he went in. I, I think of him as a this, uh, like a journeyman, major college player. I mean that you know he's he's not going to hurt you when he's in the game, yep. but he's certainly not an all conference level guy. Just a really solid player, yep. and, and I don't know why you would why he's leaving Tennessee. I guess there are some backstories and all that kind of stuff, but I think he's an interesting player. But I'm not sure where he's going to end up going.
8: He wanted more money. They basically told him, "Look, we're we're paying you for who you are, replacement level value. You can go look and go go kick tires if you want." Does a guy like him find a suitor? Is there somebody out there that? Because it only takes one to fall in love. It's kind of like this. uh, It's kind of like with this running back from Ole Miss. It only takes one to fall in love and pay you some silly money.
13: But the one. In Judkins' situation, it appears that that school is Auburn. Interesting. For a lot of reasons, because he's an Alabama kid, and Auburn needs a running back. Interesting. But Mincy, again, Mincy to me, it seems like he's you know he's not an elite offensive lineman. He's not a very good offensive lineman. He's a he's a he's a jag offensive lineman, just a guy offensive lineman. Yep. Meaning, yep. You, 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 he's he's a solid he's a solid starter. He's not anything special. I you know I can't. Miami would not want him. Um, FSU would not want him. He already left Florida. UCF? I don't know. Uh, UCF, I don't know if they want to pay what he wants. Um, Other schools in the SEC, you know, Vanderbilt needs to tackle. He ain't going to Vandy. Um, South Carolina always could use help, but I don't know what what the relationship is there. It's just an interesting move. He is an experienced offensive lineman. Maybe he goes... To a different league it's 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 interesting because you look at what he did in 2022 and he was part of a extremely potent offense and he played relatively well in 2022 but you're, you, i think if you if he if he ends up signing with your school you're hoping you get to 2022 gerald mincey not to
9: 2023
8: i wonder and then I look at it from Tennessee's perspective; they already need help on their interior or their offensive line, which they know. And here we are in the portal, and people have this misconception. about the portal, like today, is the final day you can get in it. But, but you can you're, pull you're, guys you're out, out of it till in. yeah, right. you can pull guys out of it till the cows come home. So the pro-
14: problem
13: at most schools is whenever your classes start. That's right. You're not, you know. Oh yeah, we're going to bring this guy in three weeks after our classes start. Well, he's not going to be eligible unless you pull a ton of strings and. I don't know of very many admissions offices at colleges that are there at the beck and call of a football
9: team. Yeah. Now, Tennessee I mean, does have is, an advantage.
13: There is some yeah. of that, but three weeks late, I don't know. I don't
8: Tennessee know. does have an advantage. They've started a mini-term, midterm kind of scheme that they've figured out that makes a lot of money, like a one-month class kind of deal, three-credit deal. They, they jam in the middle of their year, so now their second semester doesn't start to like the 24th, of january and then if you if you count out two weeks past that that gives tennessee an edge versus a lot of the other schools where the semester is already beginning
13: right exactly i think um a couple of sec schools start next start monday right yeah that's an
8: edge a couple weeks is an edge man again
13: you're right and you know just because a kid is in the portal doesn't mean he's going to stay in the portal he can pull himself out though the school that he leaves doesn't have to have a scholarship available that doesn't want to in Injukan situation. Obviously, they would, but yeah, you could you could have gone into the portal December seventh and sign with a team tomorrow. So it's yeah, you can be in the portal. You don't, you don't have to sign once you immediately once you go in the portal. So um, and some of these kids who are in right now are not going to end up with scholarships. That's so right. That's something to, to follow. You know, several Mincy, hundred. Yeah, several. will end up somewhere, but. Sometimes, yeah, you know, you know, you, you, know, you like to hear, you know, bet on yourself. Well, sometimes when you bet on yourself, you lose.
8: The great Mike Hugan and breaking it down scientifically, who called the shots last week in the playoff game, did you not? You came no, right I on-
13: did. I picked Alabama to beat Michigan. I tried. But that. I did say on your show that if Michael Penix got time to throw, mm-hmm. he would throw for 350. Mm-hmm. I was 90 yards too low. So, I mean, Penix. Oh, my God. How good was he? I mean, (laughs) I've been at Pennix. I've been touting him all year. He was my Heisman vote in 2022. Uh, I said at the beginning of the year, Washington's the best team in the Pac-12. That offense is phenomenal. Those receivers are really good. Uh, Tremendous. uh, uh, Dunze is phenomenal. Uh, And they're a phenomenal pass block unit. Um, And that gives them the chance to beat Michigan. I think Michigan's defense is certainly better than Texas's. But Texas had better defensive tackles. Um, um, I think Michigan's secondary is better than Texas's, though it's one thing to play extremely high-level pass defense against Big Ten teams. And take a step back. Who's the best quarterback Michigan played against this year? Jalen Milrow? Kyle McCord. Kyle McCord is so good, he's now at Syracuse. So Michael Penix is in a different league throwing the ball than anybody Michigan has seen.
8: We saw that last week with that Iowa bunch.
13: Yeah, and they they obviously got after Milrow. But the Alabama offensive line allowed a boatload of sacks in the regular season. I think it was 42. Uh, Washington's allowed 11 in 14 games. Washington – is a really good pass protection team. They've gone against some good pass rushers. They know how to protect. Uh, Dylan Johnson's health is a little bit scary because he is the only Washington running back I think that anybody's worried about. And I don't know if the Washington run defense can hold up because Michigan's offensive line dominated Alabama's defensive
8: line. How did DeBoer do that so quickly? One minute he's on um, Tom Allen's staff up there at Indiana. Then he goes
13: to Fresno. And then he goes to Washington. And yeah, and, people forget, yeah. Washington in those two years under Jimmy Lake had one of the worst offenses in the nation. Unreal. The offense was so bad yeah. that they, they, they actually, they could have gotten FEMA funds. It was such a disaster. <laughs> so he goes in there and the people forget, he had been the OC at in Indiana in Penix's first year. Also, Washington's tight ends coach is Nick Sheridan, who was Indiana's O.C. The last two years, Pennix was at Indiana. Mick Sheridan's also a former Michigan quarterback. So there was familiarity with the offense, familiarity with the guys, and Penix four years in Indiana, four major surgeries, two ACLs, two shoulders. He's been healthy. Uh, but DeBoer, you're right. I mean, do people realize how bad Washington was two years ago? And now they're playing for a national title with a, I would argue, like a 45% chance to win. Because that offense, I mean, if you're a wide receiver or you're a quarterback, wouldn't you be like, that's the school I want to play for? Because this isn't that run and shoot stuff, man. This is, I'm running pro patterns. And I'm throwing pro deep balls. I mean, it's incredibly fun to watch.
8: They're really, really good. And, and now Tennessee has one of those special guys. You know, there's Tennessee ties all over the place here. Nick Sheridan was here, uh, started started his coaching career here. Uh, obviously, Penix was committed to um, Tennessee's previous regime. When Jeremy Pruitt took the job, he told that uh, young man to look elsewhere. That's how he ended up in Indiana. And now those guys are in the... Are in the are in the middle of it, and it sounds to me like you think they're going to beat Michigan.
13: No, I think Michigan is going to win. You uh, do I think Mich- like fifty five forty five percentage wise. I, I am leery of Washington the defensive front. Um, I think yeah. you can run on Washington. Yep. Um, Texas did to an extent. Texas only ran the ball twenty eight times though. Uh, Michigan is going to run the ball forty times, I think. Um, but if but but if they protect Penix, man. He He's, you know, the Michigan secondary. Oh, it's the best one in the Big. It, it, again, it goes back to yeah, it's the best one in the Big Ten. You know, clap a slow one-handed clap on that. Um, he if if he is protected, he's gonna torch them just like he torched Texas.
8: Hey, Hughie, that ankle-breaking run that Michigan had for the uh, to tie the game there in regulation was wow. Wow. Yeah, I got to think
13: if I'm saving, I mean, think about how Alabama lost. They had a seven point lead in the fourth quarter. Yep. They had allowed 44 total yards in the second half when Michigan got the ball with, what, four minutes left. Michigan goes right down the field. Um, they bullied his offensive line the entire game. Um, and then they ran the ball twice in overtime and scored from the 25 um his his defense failed him and his staff was outcoached
8: Hughie on the way out why is this one double a national championship game being played on a sunday afternoon on decision day in the nfl like That's, why would they bury that no, i'm being serious now
13: no i don't know it, it, why it, bury it, that there right if i'm an fcs if i'm in the final i'm thinking yeah, I, I like the, the fact that we had you know a couple weeks off since the semifinals. But you put that game on um, at the time of a bowl game. Put, put it on at, you know between Christmas and New. I don't know. It's it's a great question. It's stupid to play on the Sunday, the last Sunday of the NFL regular season. Dom, if you want people to watch, you're doing your best to make sure they don't. And it, it is good football. It's fun football. There's good players on the field. It, it's, it's, and again, they, they, they like the fact that they're making, oh, look, we're making a big deal of this FCS game. It's, you know, it's the technically the only, uh, postseason, uh, deal that the, that the, the NCAA doesn't deal with the FBS ranks. It deals with FCS, Division Two, II, Division Three. We, we make a big deal of these finals, but you're making a big deal of a final that no one's going to watch because it's on an NFL Sunday.
8: On the way out, Hughie, do you have a final thought for me? You've been incredible.
13: Yeah, college basketball, man. Tonight, Illinois-Purdue. Boom. Two top ten teams. Uh, Northwestern beat Purdue. Illinois beat Northwestern by 30. Boom! So this is going to be good, I think.
8: Uh, that's and and that's Tennessee four. tomorrow has an undefeated Ole Miss team, Ole Miss pretty- team in here with two lurch players, one seven five, one seven two. So we'll see if they can walk and chew gum at the same time. A guy seven five, Hugh That's a big old fella.
13: Did you see what uh, Wimby Yaman did for San Antonio last night? No, what Wimby Yaman do? Takes the ball down the left hand side, goes behind his back and dunks it. You're Like this kid is seven four.
8: And when it seven when, five. when he when it all slows down for him in yeah, a couple he's of going, years, I mean,
13: he's, he does some unbelievable things now. But when he adds more weight, gets stronger, he's going to be unstoppable.
9: Because you have a, you
13: have he's going behind your back at full speed at seven five, and then throwing that a dunk. You know, he I also used to did a self lob last night too. Self
8: lob. I used to think that homegrown guy was going to be too thin home to play that bad, man. He's he strong. is a player, dude. Yes. That guy's a player.
13: He needs to gain weight too, though. So. Yes, he does. They can have some of mine if he wants it. I'll <laughs> Also, I'd at least ship him 20, 20 pounds. Thank you, nine. brother.
8: I wonder what we could charge for twenty pounds. Wonder what the going rate is. I'll You're kick right. in I ten. Mean,
13: that's, that's what. Yeah, that's that's a, that's an interesting way for old guys to, to make some money. Thank you, brother. All right, talk to you next. Side week.
8: hustle: sell your e- excess fat. A lot of us could make a lot of money. Imagine that being your side hug. What are you doing out in the garage? I'm just, well, I'm cutting off a few pounds. What's that thing they do where they put the scope in there and they, anyway, do you remember that, Brian, what that procedure's called, where they put that thing? They, uh, you had a sponsor that did that. I know. What do they call it, it Brian? That, that was it's the call- like- Cool sculpt, sculpting or something. Some and then, kind of bodyscaping or yeah, something. Body sculpting then they sculpting, do some kind of... But they also do some kind of thing where they take a wand and they put it in... <laughs> anyway, uh, people tell me this show's silly, off-putting and unprofessional. I have no idea, but... On the other side, we're going to get the scoop on what's going on with this Jotkins guy and this Ole Miss team... That's in town tomorrow. We'll be on with Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime when that one concludes. The Vols with a pretty challenging game tomorrow. You know, this, th- th- this uh, Ole Miss team is well coached. Mark Griffin breaks them down today, uh, statistically and otherwise, over at Team and Griff's Three Pointers. We continue with more as joining the show, Neil McCready after this.
4: This is Coach Trader's golf from Columbia Central High School football. You are listening to 101.7 WKOM in Columbia, Tennessee.
8: The traditional first-year
12: anniversary gift is paper.
0: Yay! Envelopes.
12: The traditional 10-year anniversary gift
0: is tin or aluminum. Are there sardines in here?
12: And the 20-year anniversary gift is the chance to win up to a million dollars.
15: Now that's what I'm talking about.
12: It's our anniversary, but we thought about what you'd want. The new 20th anniversary Jumbo Bucks Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery.
10: Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
2: And now for today's
0: winning Cash 3 and Cash 4 numbers from the Tennessee Lottery. The first number is the number you just thought of. The second number is the number you would have picked. The third number is the day of your wedding anniversary. And the fourth number They're
10: only lucky
12: numbers if you decide to play them. Cash 3 and Cash 4, only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. This is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. Today, I'm with Miles Johnson, your hometown grocer at Foodland in beautiful downtown Columbia, Tennessee. And as always, every Wednesday, Foodland puts out a new flyer with new specials. They run from Wednesday to Tuesday. Miles, what are the specials this week? Well, this week we have assorted pork chops for $1.69 a pound, chuck roast for $5.49 a pound, green cabbage for $0.59 cents a pound, Yoplay play yogurt, two for a dollar, food club soft drink, two liters, $0.99, cents, and Coca-Cola six-packs, uh, $4.99. All right, folks, Foodland, your hometown grocery store with your hometown grocer, Miles Johnson, in downtown Columbia, Tennessee. And guys who grill, Foodland's meat department is known as the best in the county. Miles, have a great week. You too, thank you.
5: This is Jack Cobb with Murray County Public Schools and the Big Yellow School Bus. You're listening to Front Porch Radio on 101.7 W K O M in Columbia, Tennessee.
8: The great Neil McCready, ladies and gentlemen, is uh, is is what we call playing playing with pain today, which I can respect. He he's he's taken ill with the flu this week, and you know he he com- committed to doing this, and he's going to honor his commitment. I am not going to keep him on here a tremendously long time, but Neil, you've got a lot of great stuff going on, man. Talk to me about what you're into these days.
4: Well,
14: uh, I'm, I'm covering one of the more interesting football programs in the country right now, as you can probably attest to. Uh, it's always interesting with Lane Kiffin and and Ole Miss, and, and this season was no uh, no difference. They as you probably are aware, when 11-2 the first time in Ole Miss history that they won 11 games in a single season. Uh, they're going to finish somewhere between, I would guess, sixth and eighth in the uh, AP poll. I don't remember the last time that Ole Miss finished that high. Certainly not in the time I've been on the beat. Um, and then uh, they've had the Quinshawn Judkins thing happen yesterday, which was both a surprise and not even remotely a surprise all at the same time. And um, and I'm covering, in my opinion, one of the top five to ten basketball coaches in the country. And Ole Miss both stumbled into Chris Beard and courageously hired Chris Beard, and uh, they are reaping the benefits of that. They uh, they head to Tennessee to play what I think is the best team in the SEC, coached by, in my opinion, one of the two or three best coaches in the in the league, and maybe in the country, and Rick Barnes. And, look, I think Ole Miss is going to lose on Saturday night, but this is a far more competitive uh, program and team than anybody thought it would be in year one. Anybody other than Beard who said day one that they would contend for the NCAA tournament, people like me were like, dude, I don't think you understand what you inherited. It just doesn't matter, Tony. This guy's a winner. And,
8: uh not You funny? Know,
14: he, con- he considers Rick Barnes one of his mentors, and mm. uh, I know that... Uh, I know that they have a ton of respect for Tennessee, and, and um, you know they they haven't played the schedule that Tennessee has played, obviously. But uh, this is a this is a gritty, um, kind of determined basketball team that just sort of finds ways to win. And look, they're going into a different part of the season. The SEC, as you know, it's a different animal. But they put themselves in a position by going thirteen and zero, and they beat NC State, they beat Memphis, and. They put themselves in a position where if they can find a way to 9-9, and 10-8 in the SEC, they, they might very well make the tournament in year one. And i got to tell you, Tony, after covering the last three years of Ole Miss basketball, four years, I don't count 2020, but the last three years of, of, of Ole Miss basketball, and this is no knock on Kermit. It just didn't work. But if this team makes the tournament, if this team makes the NCAA tournament, I don't care if it's a four seed or a 12 seed. I don't care if they play in Dayton or they're a, a two seed. If this team makes the NCAA tournament, you got to have serious conversations about Chris Beard as SEC coach of the year.
9: He's
8: a great coach, man. And, and, and everywhere he goes, <laughs> everywhere he goes, he wins. And you, you look at his record from—I mean, everything he's done. I mean, his aunt—the guy won at like Angelo State. The guy won at Little Rock a place uh, called McMurray at his level 10 years ago he won at. I mean, this, this guy just yeah, – and, and his teams Tech. are so tough. That Texas Tech team in Tennessee, they played a game in Madison Square Garden. I thought they were, like, going to throw stones at each other in a second. It was like a total rock fight at the end of it. And And Rick Barnes loves, loves
14: that, loves it. Yeah. Well, they're very similar in style. Um, you know, it's funny. I, I had this impression of, of Beard because, you know, you know how this is. Oh, yeah. When you when you cover SEC, you just sort of, you don't mean to get that way, but you sort of just get SEC focused because it's all you've seen. You know, and so you, you watch Kentucky a lot. You watch Florida a lot. You watch, you know, Tennessee a lot and Arkansas a lot and Alabama, whatever. You don't really watch the Big 12 that much until the tournament rolls around. And then you see a team... Maybe they make a run, maybe they get beat, whatever. And then it just, you know, your, your subscribers and your listeners, they, they, they want to know what's going on with the third team tight end race in spring football for God's sake. And so you just, you just sort of turn your attention to other things. And so I always had this impression of Beard as this gruff, rough, like you said, sort of rock fight sort of guy. And, and his teams play that way, but he doesn't coach that way. Um, you know, I, I, I expected like this guy that was almost like a, I don't know, like a, a whirling dervish on the bench. And he's very calm. And his teams reflect that calm. They play with him. And this team hasn't been together very long. This team plays with kind of a quiet confidence. And they, they bounce back from their mistakes pretty quickly. And they, they have a, a lot of that next play mentality. But, you know, they're tough. And, and they, they're resilient. And, and I think that stuff comes from coaches. I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer in basketball, especially a team – sort of um, adopts a coach's personality, more so than in football, more so than in baseball, for yeah. example, with the manager. I just think with basketball, there's an intimacy with the coach-player relationship. There's so much, You're, you're right there. Um, and, and, man, it's it's incredible just how quickly they've sort of adopted kind of his personality. Now, look, they could go lose by 21 tomorrow night, sure. and, and you'll be like, you know, that that won't be a reflection on anything other than just how good Tennessee is. Cause I think Tennessee's a title contender. Um, but it, it's, it's wild. It's wild to watch kind of a guy build culture as quickly as, as he's begun to build it uh, in a program that, you know, last season was three and 15 in the league and, and they, they were bad. And, and, and the morale was low. You'd go to a game at, at the pavilion at, at Ole Miss and it was, like a morgue, I mean, it was just it was
8: very we've quiet. been there, man. We we called it buzzball around here. Um, I, I got to ask you as Neil McCready joins on, on the pro, your your guy Tyler Siski, who we had on a couple <laughs> times, said this thing's going to be crazy, and I know you guys do the podcast together, and I'm gonna let you yeah. tell the listener where they can find all that stuff. And the thing that <laughs> the, the Judkins thing you just said was both unexpected and expected. And I I'd like you to expound upon that. And and where in there are because as you say the, in the SEC there are no secrets. So where in there are the are the <clears throat> fingerprints of Reverend Freeze? If you could just touch on some of those things.
14: Oh, I don't know. I'll start on the end of it first. Uh, I don't know that there are any fingerprints from Freeze, and if there are, I don't have a problem with that. Everybody tampers. Um, yes. You know, Ole, Ole Miss tampers.
8: Your your partner calls it portaling, is what he that's, that's his term for it.
14: Yeah, everyone calls it pre portaling. I don't know why we can't just call it what it is. He's tampering with the roster It's the reason. You know, in the NFL, you can't get away with it because if you get caught, yep, you'll lose draft. You'll lose draft pick. Yep. in, in college, if you get caught, nothing happens. I mean, some coach might say something on social media or something, but nothing's gonna happen. So, I mean, Tennessee tampers, and Tennessee's roster gets tampered with. Ole Miss tampers and Ole Miss roster gets tampered with. I mean, people tampered with Jackson Dart. No question about it. He had had several lucrative offers that he could have taken and and left Ole Miss and and played somewhere else next season. You know, he didn't. uh, But there's no question. And I have no problem with it. I, I know other people do. So in the event that Hugh Freeze has made some sort of an offer to Quinshawn Judkins or Auburn has through some collective or whatever, it's all fair games. What happened? Look, he's a kid, and he's, he's, I like Quinshawn. He is surrounded by people in his life who have made really bad decisions for him. Um, and don't, don't misunderstand this. This is not some Ole Miss perspective here. But I think you will see over the course of the next couple of weeks that Quinshawn Judkins left a lot of money. Because he's worth more to Ole Miss than he's worth to anyone else. I mean, if you follow professional football, and that's what we're covering now, Tony. University of Tennessee, University of Mississippi, they play professional football now. You pay the players. Uh, you get the players by paying the players. You have collectives and whatnot. We call it NIL. It's just salary. I mean, let's be clear. That's all it is. So it's professional football, and it's out in the open now. If NFL doesn't pay the running back. He's not the highest paid player on, on the roster. I mean, the last time that a a Super Bowl champion had an all-pro running back was Marshawn Lynch in 2014 with the Seahawks. The last time a a running back was the Super Bowl MVP was Terrell Davis. So we're, we're past that era. And so Quinshawn had more value at Ole Miss than he's going to have at Auburn or Colorado or anywhere else. Why? Because there was sentimental value. There was value that he had built up by being part of the bill over the last two years. Um, and I, I think what happened was he, the people around him kept asking for more and kept asking for more. And it was surprising because I thought if he were going to leave and, and get in the portal, I thought he'd opt out of the Peach Bowl. Because why play the Peach Bowl on December the 30th? Weird. So that you can opt? Yeah, I mean, Why?
9: Weird. Yeah.
14: I mean, if you're gonna, if you're gonna, uh, if you're gonna hit the portal, hit the portal, man. Hit the portal where you can let let it be open season. Let everybody get in on this action. And um, so when he shows up to Atlanta to play, I thought, well, they must have a deal done. And then in Atlanta, I was told, yep, they've basically got a deal done. They've already got a video. It's going to get released.
9: Blah mm. blah blah
14: blah blah. And then. So that's why it was. It, it, it wouldn't have been surprising until then, and then it kind of was because it's like, well, what happened? And then you start to hear things that happened during the game, and you hear about things that may have happened kind of off the field a little bit with the people around him asking for more. And even though a deal was done, they go back to kind of renegotiate. And I think Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss just – and I don't think it was Ole Miss's collective. I think it was the coaching staff. I think they just hit a point where they said, hey, that's enough. You know, at some point, culture and chemistry and all those things have to matter, and wow. um, and, and, and here we are, and, and wow. we'll find out over the course of the next 12 months whether, you know, it was a mistake or not.
9: Does he
8: come back? I mean, th- obviously, the, th- it's always possible these guys, Tennessee had a couple guys last year agitate and come back. I mean, we see that. Yeah. It, can he come back? Do you think he comes
14: back? You know, I'm not a never or always person, but... That, that there'd be some, there'd be some groveling. I would think that would have to happen. Wow. There would have to be some, and I just don't see that. I mean, I, I would I would guess that they feel like I don't know whether they have a deal done with someone else. My guess is they don't. Um, you know, look if you're Auburn right now, Auburn's not one Quinshawn Judkins away from the national title, Tony. They're not. I mean, are you you really going to give Quinshawn Judkins a million dollars when you could sign six players for that amount? You could sign four really good players for that amount. Are are you one good running, one elite running back away? He's an elite player. Are you one elite running back away from being a national title contender at Auburn? I don't think so. They, They didn't look that good to me. I mean, that makes no sense. It's pretty interesting so where where else is he going right i mean maybe yeah. there's maybe there's a couple of programs that i can't think of that that are going hey we we are but the only way that you overpay for Quinshawn judkins today the only way is if you feel like you are one elite running back away from being a playoff team a contender that's the only way otherwise it makes no sense like if Colorado does that they they are the epitome of stupidity Right, mm-hmm. so you're just you just throwing money away. So you know because you're only getting him for one season. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what I suspect. He got really bad advice. The people in his life got really bad advice. And if you, if you made me guess, I will guess at the end of the day he probably cost himself about three hundred thousand dollars.
8: Now, McCready, you happen to be the man. Tell the living listener how they can find you, and I'm gonna let you go because I know you're. Um you're fighting it today, and I really appreciate you answering the bell for us. Highly laudable of you to do so uh, with the week you've had, and as sick as you got. So, And and our uh, prayers to you for recovery, because I know that's been a rough, rough time for you and your household. Go ahead.
14: Well, I'm, I'm basically hidden from the rest of my household because I didn't want them to get sick. But, but yeah, it's been a it's been a week, but I appreciate that. You know, I, I have the most respect for you and so I don't mind answering the bell for you. But, um, yeah, it's rebelgrove.com. It's part of the Rivals Network. And then uh, the podcast that you reference with uh, myself and Tyler Siski and some other podcasts that we have is uh, at MPW Digital on YouTube, also on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're there um, pretty much every day.
8: Thank you, brother. Hey, great talking to you, man. My best to you.
14: Hey, happy new year to you, buddy.
8: Yeah, please get well. Uh, Neil McCrady, one more time, told me off the air. He said, Tony, I've, I've I've only had the flu and COVID at the same time. He said, I went to the doctor. He tested me for both and said, congratulations, you have both of them. He said, I've never been this sick. He said, I don't, I don't mind doing your deal because uh, I told Brian I would. but um, and, and I told him, I said, look, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll cut this thing short. That's rough. So be careful. There's a lot of stuff going around right now. Just... Yeah, I like when you go to a, like a store or whatever, and people have to stand right on top of you. Brian, have you noticed that? You go to a store, you go somewhere, and people get right in your face. It's like, what are we doing? Well, it's you also have
10: longer lines out there too. It's some of it can't really be avoided.
8: Well, that's a good point too, Brian. We come back on the other side. Those of you that are like close talkers and space invaders. With the space he invades, he gets high on you. But if there's like nobody else behind you,
10: I don't, you know, I
8: understand. All right, let's come back on the other side. Bino joins the show, but continue to listen anyway. Doesn't sound like Judkins is coming back to Ole Miss. And I'll be honest with you, it doesn't sound like Mincy's coming back to Tennessee, people I talk to. They're not going to go chasing after that guy. Which is really strange. We'll get Vino's thoughts on all this. Who Who misses who more? Oh yeah, well, Jockins is the
6: This is Trip Stoltz with Columbia Ace Hardware. I love listening to one oh one point seven WKOM FM Columbia, Tennessee
3: Hello
1: from the Tillis Jewelry family. We want to extend our heartfelt thanks to all of our wonderful customers who trusted us to provide perfect gifts this holiday season. It's time for us to take a short holiday break from December 30th to ring in the new year, and we'll be back open on January 9th. We've got an exciting year ahead and can't wait to serve each one of you in the new year. From our family to yours, Happy New Year from the Tillis Jewelry family on West 7th Street in downtown Columbia. Stay tuned for updates on Facebook and Instagram.
11: Get
12: ready for a shopping experience like no other at Old School Vapor. We carry a huge selection of disposables from Cato Bar, Veho, Raz, Lost Mary and Breeze. We've got it all. Enjoy a whopping 35% off your entire e-liquid purchase, 20% off everything else. Plus, discover the largest legal cannabis selection in the state, along with a variety of Kratom, Kava and Glass products. Check us out at OldSchoolVapor.com.
3: This is Clayton Harris, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia.
8: My name's TB. I live on the second floor. Back with you. Bino Jeff Henderson's in the house. If you want to jump in, and Bino's joining us fiber optically because he's now in search of, ladies and germs, he is in search of an offensive tackle, and a guard. And Beano's decided to hop right in his automobile and take it upon himself to hit the open road. So, Beano, that's laudable and commendable on your part. And uh, welcome in on this Friday, Bean Star. I've missed you, my man. I've missed you.
5: Tony, I appreciate you letting me join in route here. And uh, I've, I've been unsuccessful in so far in finding a player in uh, either Jellicoe or Corbin, uh, but we're we're venturing on maybe somewhere between Cincinnati and Indianapolis. I'll find who we're
8: looking. For. Hey, why don't you text uh, Ewad real quick? See if the Bearcats, what's left of that football team, if they have anybody left on their roster worth pursuing. Brian, do do they, Bry? Do they have anybody, Bry? Did, did, did Ewad's Bearcats maybe Dino could stop in Skinskinati? Well, they certainly don't have a coach either. That's brutal. That's a horrendous hire. I mean, you wait all that time to get to the big time in the Big 12, and you hire that coach? A guy who literally couldn't do it. The minute he walks off Louisville's campus, they start winning. We had Neil McCrady in here a second ago. Isn't it funny how in these sports certain people win and certain people don't? It's kind of an interesting thing, isn't it, guys?
5: Yes, it, it, it is, Tony, and it's, it's just an interesting time for college football. Uh, I, I, you know, coaches have always had to yep. be aware of their numbers and, and how many players they needed at each, each position, but never, ever has roster management been as important as it is now, and never have there been as many tough decisions that coaches are going to have to make than they have to make now.
8: And what's crazy is Tennessee sit, sitting there, kind of minding their own business and this Mincy thing. So yesterday, the way the way I got wind of that, and we talked about it on the air, and I don't know if you heard yesterday's program, but we were we were talking about the Juckin stuff. And I call one of my sources, and I'm like, "Wait a second here." I thought that, and I, I you know I'm not afraid to say this. I only do this every day, but. I didn't realize there was a five-day dispensation window tacked on at the end, and I, I don't think a lot of people did either, and and Matt Dixon, yesterday, we got word, he said, that can't be real because, you know, the portal closed, and Adam said the same thing, so I, that, that made me feel not as badly when, when smart people like that were kind of out in the dark on it. What kind of sport do we have, Bino, where... People like, like Dixon, who's a complete sicko, okay, doesn't know where the window begins and where it ends. And Brian called it in the midst of that, pickup football. And Watson Brown said a week and a half, well, last week on here, I guess he was on with us on Friday, right? He said, what you have now is you've got, you don't have programs anymore. You have teams from year to year. And Lane Kiffin's learning that with this Jodkins guy. And and now these guys have certain value. In a weird way, Bino, in a weird way, they've taken a really interesting sport in college football and made it more interesting. I mean, can I say that out loud and not... I I don't know if it's better, but I think it's more interesting now.
5: Well, you... you Said both things correctly yesterday, Tony. That at this point in time, they're just kind of making it up as they go along. As early as we are in in the combined NIL and transfer portal era, and uh, and you, they what they've done is they, as you said yesterday, they've just extended the period of interest. Now it's it's more like the NFL, where they've got something going
8: on seemingly around the calendar. Around the clock, for better or for worse, right? For better yeah. or for worse. Yeah. And we can argue going... that. You know, we could argue that. But the sad thing is I feel sorry for the Ole Miss people. Here they've waited a generation. You know, we've waited for forever, it seems like. But, you know, they haven't been relevant since the early 70s, really right since Archie was on their campus and and now they've got they've got a shot after beating Penn State those people down there had to feel like man here's the first year of the playoff we've got a head coach that's probably putting his own money in people are saying and if he is more power to him and and then all of a sudden that Quinshawn Junkins thing happens that's and that's kind of part and parcel of what we're talking about here. It's like the target never quits moving.
5: Yeah, it, yeah what, uh, like Matt said yesterday, when you, when you look at Ole Miss's situation, looks like, hey, we're all in. Here we go. This is going to be our year. And then one of the key pieces just decides, hey, I'm not going to be a part of it. It did seem, I couldn't believe when I heard that he was going in to the portal, but I mean, again, you're 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 getting closer and closer to the to the pro game where everybody's not just going to stay in there for the old college try. That one year doesn't mean as much to them. They're looking to get theirs.
8: And what's weird about it, too, the other thing that's becomes fascinating about the way this whole deal plays out is you don't have any rules. Unlike the pro game where there's this, yeah. you can't tamper. If I catch you tampering, you're going to lose draft picks. Yeah. If I catch you being duplicitous with agents and putting together super teams and this, that, and the other, you know, you're know, you going to pay the price for that. This thing is, I, I don't know, in a, in a weird way, the courts at this point in time have created almost a beautiful train wreck. That's what major college sports are right now. They're like a beautiful train wreck. Because I'm not going to lie to you, I'm a guy that likes that likes a good storyline. And, and the and the truth is, as a talk show host and somebody that does what I do, you can't turn away from this because every day there's something new. Whether it's the kid from Temple who was going to visit on Wednesday, and now he's visiting this weekend, going to come in for the two day. They're going to offer that kid. They're going to offer that kid. Uh, At midweek, it was, are they going to offer that kid? But the thing is constantly moving. It's constantly, you know, shifting. It's constantly changing. I was calling yesterday for some background on the window and got the Mincy news that I talked about on the air. I said, hey, I just learned something kind of interesting. It looks like Mincy is going to walk away. And I wasn't. I was simply going to somebody close in the NIL world and got that little, which is exactly what we're doing. I got that little nugget, not even looking for it, which is which is entirely where we are right now. It is a, just a really odd, strange time to be alive and well and doing this. To the phones we go. Bino, Jeff is in transit. Let's get some calls in. And hello and welcome into our next call. You're live on the air.
15: Hey, what's going on, Tony? Who's your ball, Ryan?
8: Who's your Val Ryan? Welcome in.
15: Hey, uh, what's your all's thought on, is Glenn Ellerby untouchable on Hypel Staff? Because you mentioned it yep. in the blog, and I completely agree about the trickle-down effect. Yep. And we'll give the man some grace that it was a tough situation. Wouldn't that have been his first class on the whiffs? Yep. But the trickle-down effect has had serious ramifications that Tennessee, to get that mulligan, is probably overpaying for, no offense to them, some nice but not great offensive linemen. What happens? And Yeah. oh, Go ahead. And uh, as a result, we might have less chances and money to pay for in the big fish in the portal.
8: And, and I know, think that's what's happened. The other thing that happened there, and again, I'm, I'm not, I, I don't care. I'm just going to talk about things uh-huh. we talk about as we go. The guy they missed on, the Kerry guy who came from Texas he last had to year. have him, didn't he? Well, internally, yeah. internally, there were three dissenting votes saying we don't need to take him. He's not going to help us. Oh, boy. And there was one vote that said we need to take him. He can help us. You know, who do you think? The, who do you think the the wrong vote was? Yeah. And the position coach well, is going to get the guy he wants, right. and and then yeah. when that happens, you know these folks are like running out of uh, whatever the term is, patience, whatever the right. term is here.
15: Well, I love Josh Heupel. I I hope he wins so big. I
9: hope
15: yep. I hope he goes down as a legendary coach, and I. I don't think that's impossible, but man, I hope he's not too, I, I just hope he's not Mark Rick. Now this is a heck of a swing where I used to say Spurrier. Now I'm saying Rick, but no offense to Glenn Ellerby. I know he has had an amazing, they say, recruiting class this year. Yeah. To me, one of two things needs to happen. Either they need to take a risk and play one of those incoming freshmen and hope he's Trey Smith. Or I guess go out and get a one-year rental because I think them cleaning up that mess is why we're here. Now I would not go chase uh, Mincy. I just think he's okay, but they've made him very important. So if that Vice and Lang kid can play, don't keep telling me he can play. Play him, and or. Go get that kid from Kansas that just went in the portal mm-hmm. for a one-year rental and mm-hmm. buys one more year, but they need to start taking some chances, or this is going to keep happening well, to them, and and Nico is going to get wasted.
8: The interesting thing about the area you're in right now is that the the big boosters always had a lot of influence, but what you, what these coaches across the country are going to learn, and they've already got, they're already learning it is that they're now going to get more and more of a voice cuz they're funding your deal. Before they kind of funded your deal, now they're out and out funding your deal. And uh-huh. and he's not alone, okay, in getting pressure to to do something or not do something and it'll be it'll be real curious to see how it plays well, out because the initial read we had was the plan was to bring everybody back and extend everybody and he might still just do that he might just say hey you know what if you guys don't want me to be your coach then you don't want me to be your coach but i'm going to do what i want that i what i think is right which i'd respect that fair. by the way i'd respect that
15: I, I i do as well but here's my only worry i'm sure i'm not calling for anyone's job sure i'm sure glenn B is an amazing coach but it's not Heupel's fault that the SEC has never been more cutthroat, and it's not Heipel's fault that he unfortunately has the modern-day Bear Bryant at Alabama and Mm -hmm. Georgia's even better than Vince Dooley at Georgia. That's a tough road to hold, but in Tuscaloosa and in Athens, Glenn Ellerby would be on two and a half strikes for whiffing on the first class and whiffing on that carrot guy, and the offensive line is so important. I just I just hope he's right.
8: That's all I'm going to say. I, I hope they're right. Thank you. Thank you, your Ryan. Bino, you have a thought on that? Because, again, it's all kind of laid to bear now. That's the other thing that's about this deal. Because if I'm not talking about it, somebody else will. It is what it is. There are no secrets anymore.
5: Yeah, I'm, I'm like you, Tony. I I, I admire uh, Josh Hoppel's loyalty. Um, and I've I trust his evaluation of his coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just hope years from now we don't look back and think, you know, Josh was probably just too good a man for this league.
8: Wow, eight six five two hundred five four zero two. Because there's a certain amount of um, cunning. Politician, there's a certain amount of that that comes with the with the equation here. And until you build up the, what's the word I'm looking for here? fulmer used to use the term equity, but it's even more than that. It's like the gravitas to look at a booster and say, "Yeah, you're funding this. Okay, fine. But I'm going to call the shot here." Yeah. You know, and if you're going to fire me, you fire me, but I'm going to call the shots. I'm gonna call the shots.
9: Yeah,
5: and I, I'm like you. I, I I admire a guy who will do that. Yeah. you know, you know more about this than I do, Tony. But mm-hmm. you know, it was it was thought that David Cutwift could have this job at one point, and they told him, "You can come, but you got to bring, you got to pick up this guy and this guy and that guy on your staff." And he said, "I'm not doing that. I'm, if I'm taking the job, I'm selecting my staff." Well, and I'm admiring for that.
8: Cutcliffe was that way his whole time. Now let's go back to his old Miss days. I remember specifically when he walked away from Mississippi. He resigned. You know, he won nine games one year he a, he, um, with uh, Manning, and, he, and you know he had that thing going pretty, pretty good direction. And they told him, "You need to change some coaches on your staff." And he told them, "You need to get a new coach. If you want to do that, you do that. I'm not doing it." And basically, he went out the door. I I remember that. So, we'll go to the phones. It's just an interesting thing. Um, Obviously, we all saw the offensive line deal coming. And Tennessee's been very fortunate to bring back most of their offensive line from last year. The news and what happened yesterday... With the, the, the portal movement, obviously, is not ideal, even though the guy that's walking out isn't great shakes. And then the Jutkins thing just has to be a gut punch to those poor old Miss fans down there who have literally been waiting two generations, three generations to see their team, you know, back in. I mean, when's the last time Beanstar, they really mattered in college football? Like, a top five finish. I mean, when's the last time they got that close to something?
5: Well, I, Tony, the last time they were anywhere near close, I guess, was one of Eli's years, and that that wasn't what you're talking about.
8: Obviously.
5: No, no. Um, so you, you'd have to go back to. You'd have to go back to Archie Manning. Yeah. Time. I Which, mean, Johnny Ball had had several good, a
8: lot of good football teams there, but you you have to go back. to the Seventies, I think. Didn't 60, Freeze have them in the top ten? Ravano, Freeze probably, but but finishing in the top five, by finishing. Pretty amazing, really. I don't I think they're going to finish in the top five. But where are they going to finish? They're top ten. They'll What's, be like eight, nine, ten.
10: I think Freeze matched that. I think Freeze did. I seems like
8: he had one year where he he was in the top maybe Uh-oh. ten. Columbo's not going to like that. Columbo's not well, going to.
5: This year was the first time they'd ever.
8: Won I 11. could be wrong, but this year was the first time they ever did what? Bino.
5: This is the first. T- this is the first time they've ever won eleven games.
8: To the phones we go. Get our next call in. Hello and welcome on a football Friday. How are my friends and compatriots doing today? W Lynn, welcome in, buddy.
0: You would probably have to go back to the '60s and the Johnny Vault days to where they were really ranked in the top five. They're not finishing in top five. The top five will be Michigan, Washington, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia in some order, and Florida State, maybe. You know, but I got them at I got them in the W Lynn poll at eight. Right behind Missouri. They might be ahead of Missouri, but I th- I got them behind Missouri.
8: Been a while for him, hadn't it? It's been a
9: while yeah, since the Book of
8: Love, man.
5: I like the WLP better than I do any other poll out there. I tell you
8: that. You like the Lynn poll,
5: Beano? Yeah, I like the WLP. It's
8: very it's scientific. WLP. What 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 yeah, formulas come, we do come you in use? Sixteenth, we come in sixteen, Bino. You're fair, man. You ought to shop that thing to somebody. See if you can get a get I'm, some play for that W Lynn. The almost final top 25. (laughs) What's that, Bino? I
5: guess within one. I guess you would have us at 17.
0: Yeah, I I got us about 16. I hope that's where it is. Tony, on on that one double-A game that's puzzling everybody, being on Sunday at 2 p.m., they did this last year. I know. To be honest. my My theory is, this is the first big week for ESPN and their family of networks on basketball. Everybody in, the, in basketball is now starting to play big conference games like we are tomorrow. I just think they didn't want to go up against college basketball starting, but, you know that. That's so they're going to go up theory. against the NFL. Yeah, that, that makes
10: a sense. Great theory.
0: And I do know a lot of people. It surprised me that. Since the kneel down controversy, I guess that was 2017, 16, they don't watch the NFL anymore. They just watch college football. I don't oh, no, they don't watch it. Like,
8: it only draws 100 million people a weekend. What are you talking about? Oh, I know that, but I'm just saying, I, the only thing I can think of is they didn't want to go up against their
0: big first weekend of college basketball. That's, you know, that's just, I don't know.
8: that. You know, you just Bri- get, what do you think, Bri, of his theory? That watch with you, Brian. Brian Hartman. Um, the NFL, so
10: they don't want to go up against college basketball. But I don't think ABC televises any college basketball games. They I, could easily have their one their SCS title game Saturday afternoon, like at noon or one, and then that could lead into the NFL play NFL games that or, they have. Or why that not night. play the
8: darn thing at Tuesday night? That's what they should have done.
0: They should They
10: could play it tonight. They could actually play it tonight.
0: Tonight's the
8: perfect night, guys.
0: Perfect night. Yeah, that would be fine. Or a Saturday
8: before, uh, you know. That does like make any sense, man. It, it's kind of crazy, but I'll I watch it. I'll watch it. I love it. I'll watch it. Here's I'll watch it over Beano's Colts. That slop it's on in that I 1 wish. o'clock window. They've announced <laughs> they're going to keep it after New Year's
10: from that from. For for a while, but what I would do is I would start their season a week or two early and and have a weekend where in August where it's all FCS games.
8: That and Eagles Giants me. game, that Eagles Giants game, I wouldn't tune that in if you paid me. And what you
10: do is you you have your championship game, you wrap it up by before Christmas, like a week before Christmas. That's what I would do if I'm there. Brian,
8: then. speaking the truth.
10: I think you would get more exposure if you did that in the, in August and have. Like FCS games all day. Poor like B now. He, was-
8: he can't get a word in edgewise. Go ahead, B now.
5: I'll have you boys know the Colts are standalone on Saturday, Monday night football on
9: Saturday
8: night,
5: by the way. What? Yeah. That trash?
8: <laughs> wow. Uh well, you know what? On Patrol Live will be on my TV. Hey,
0: look. Let, let me make an appeal here. I, UT doesn't start. The students aren't officially taking their first class till January 22nd, which I can't figure that out either. But uh, if you're a student, please get over that Ole Miss game tomorrow night at 6 o'clock and be the sixth man. We only have four games against right teams left. Ole Miss, two against Kentucky, and Auburn, who's 25th. So, this is big. I know everybody's happy about football and all that. Get over there and support the team. We this is almost a must-win for me in basketball tomorrow.
8: Well, the schedule. This is the the early part of this schedule is the difficult part uh, uh, for several weeks, as we uh, opined in the blog today. When you peeked down at the schedule, but uh, W Lynn, thank you, incredible. The W. Lynn poll is something that we all ascribe to and subscribe to. And on the other side, Bean Star stay right there. Beano Jeff Henderson, he'll be there. You hear him? The Colts tomorrow night. Elimination game to the Stars in the AFC South. Which, outside of the USL, USFL Conference of the United Football League, might be some of the best football played professionally in the hemisphere. When you get right down to it, brief timeout. And then we get our uh, one more special guest only in. One double A championship, a.k.a. BC. I'm not good at this. But, you know, what do they call that designation of football? I'm, I always screw this up.
5: FCS, Tony.
8: Thank you. I was calling it the beast. What in the world? Sam Herder, Hero Sports, has been with us a few times. He appears on the TLD Logistics Hotline. He answers the bell once again through the rain, the sleet, and the snow. And they're down in Frisco, Texas. A really neat gesture by one of the Montana schools for the other Montana schools so they could bring their band. They're funding it really neat Sam Herter my question for you is simply this why (laughs) Sunday at 1 o'clock Eastern or 2 o'clock Eastern when the NFL is playing their games Sam Herter and I'm sure you've had conversations along these lines as well what are they trying to prove man why aren't they not playing the night down there
16: yeah so it's Ultimately, uh, a TV uh, decision. It's not a NCAA decision. It's not an uh, FCS uh, decision. Uh, ESPN uh, runs this game, and for several years, it was it was played Saturday morning, 11 a.m. Central Time on ESPN two. Uh, but ABC has an open window uh, Sunday, 1 p.m. Central Time. Uh, you know, on, on ABC, which which is a bigger network, and you know, I think basically ESPN likes the fact that even though they are going up against the NFL. They like that they can get a game in that open time slot on Sunday that will get around 1 million viewers, and so that's kind of their argument of, of why this game is played on Sunday against the NFL. It's, it's, it's really a TV decision there.
8: And so, but if they played it tonight, right? So they get a million, okay.
16: What, what would the number be if they played it tonight? So tonight had was... Um, You know, what was uh, discussed, uh, I guess, as far as, you know, should should it stay on Sunday? Should it go to Saturday? What about a Friday night game? The first ever FCS title game in Frisco back in 2010 was played on a Friday night. Uh, You know, I'm not exactly sure what the TV windows are uh, tonight, but but I also know that, uh, you know, the city of Frisco, Texas, the host city, isn't necessarily a fan of of a Friday night game. They would like it to be, you know, more of a a weekend uh, game so they can, you know, get more fans in that stick around that go to the bars that spend money at the restaurants. And so I think Friday night was discussed, but ultimately um, the TV windows maybe weren't there. Um, and also Frisco certainly wants wants fans to stick around as long as possible during the weekend. Sam. ABC is
10: not televising anything major Saturday at 12 from like the 12 to 3 window. Why not put it there and lead into the NFL games?
16: Uh, so I, I think the, the answer to that is, uh, you know, I'm not sure what, what starts at 3.30 or 4, or, you know, anything like that on ABC, but I, I do know it was asked, you know, why don't you, why don't you play this game, you know, on ABC at 11 a.m. or, or, or noon, on, on ABC. And I think the, the response was there are either pregame shows or other games, uh, starting around 3.30 or 4. And TV basically doesn't want to run the risk of the FCS title game running long and all of a sudden, they're not going to bump an NFL pregame show or an NFL game back because of the FCS title game. They would kind of run into a big problem there if the FCS title game uh, runs long. And so that that question has been asked, and I I believe that is the answer.
8: I'm holding Sam Herter personally responsible (laughs) and and his colleagues over at Hero Sports for what's happening here. But let's talk about the matchup. Here we are. Uh, Your thoughts?
16: Yeah, you know, I I think it's – it's a matchup that maybe we weren't expecting. Uh, I think South Dakota State, uh, as far as South Dakota State, a lot of people expected the Jackrabbits to be here, but uh, Montana was kind of slowly building to this moment. They had a, a slow start to the season uh, and then really started to, to gain momentum. And so I, I think once the, the playoff bracket was set, the number one seed South Dakota State, number two seed Montana, I think a lot of people predicted this, this would be the matchup. And I think it's going to be you know, a fun game, and I think the atmosphere here uh, is going to be uh, electric because There's no more passionate fan base in the FCS than Montana, uh, and and South Dakota State certainly has a passionate fan base as well. So it's going to be a standing room only here in the stadium that uh, seats a little less than than 18,000. That's cool. Uh, I expect expect there to be potentially nineteen, close to 19,000 people here in the stadium, so it'll it'll be over capacity.
8: Montana 12.5 point underdog in the game, but a really magnanimous gesture from montana state i i touched on us early touched on that earlier but talk about it
16: yeah are you talking about with the bands mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah uh you know that's it's kind of cool you know i guess i know there are uh certainly the one of the the, the best rivalries in, co- in all of college football not just you know fbs but in all of college football is montana and montana state you know as as Passionate and as high of vitriol as you can ask for yep. and so i think it, it kind of came with mixed i guess mixed reaction when montana state did chip in to help montana's marching band uh get down here uh to frisco um you know a lot of people said it was cool a lot of people also said well <laughs> why, would, why would we help that
8: you're um, kidding so um, the fans were like oh no 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 what are you doing
16: why are you helping them yeah there, there's a good chunk of that there's a good chunk of that but you know <laughs> I think
8: people
9: overall, like
16: it's good because, you know, you want to have both marching bands uh, down here, and that's you know that's one of the many things that makes college football so unique is having those marching bands uh, and the bands playing.
8: Let me ask Bino something. Hey, Bino, if Alabama-like yes, in a parallel universe ran out of money, okay, and they couldn't take their band on the road and say we had a surplus of funds, should we fund their kids going on the road, Bino? Use our funds to fund their kids going on the road and, treat the million dollar band to a trip
5: uh no tony we should probably send our band in their place and just play rocky pop the whole time while they're trying to play <laughs> so sam
10: that's the kind of response
5: yeah. well, now, how,
9: we,
10: how can montana state have the money to send a, to help them and montana not have the money themselves
16: yeah you know that's a that's a good question because montana state was here you know a couple of years ago but um, you know the, the NCAA send That's funny. Uh, you know they said they send the teams down uh, and all that and pay for all that, but I, you know to, to send band members down costs a little bit more, so that that has to come out of the pocket of all the schools. And um, you know I think I'm pretty sure I saw there was some type of fundraiser as well for for South Dakota State to, to get their band here as well to to raise those funds. And so it's not it's not necessarily unique uh, to have to raise money to you know to get your band down here, but uh, certainly when you get that Montana State Montana mix in there, that that kind of uh, as, as it sounds, it kind of adds fuel to the fire to the rivalry because there is some back and forth on, on whether Montana they did the right thing
5: or not.
8: One of my friends has a has a good friend who played for the Grizz, okay, way back in the day. And so, I'm cheering for the Grizz. I've been cheering for the Grizz the whole time. I, I think they're they're fascinating and fun. What's their path to victory here? Do they have one?
16: I, I think they do. It's going to be incredibly tough. They'll have to play a perfect game, uh, especially offensively. I you know, won't we'll be surprised to see some quarterback uh, run uh, in there as well, because it's going to be difficult to move the ball against South Coast State. They only allow 9.7 points per game. That's the, the best scoring defense the FCS has seen in, in more than in four years. Uh, so South Coast State's a little legit uh, defensively, and you know, I think defensively for Montana, they they really have to muck it up. Um, you know, just completely get South Dakota State off kilter. You know, get them uh, all out of sync. Because when the jacks are rolling, they got their they got the running game going. Also, they got you know, really good play action as well as part of their offense. So once once they're in sync, they're really hard to slow down. And you know, good thing for Montana is they are they kind of predicate themselves on, you know, really creating chaos. I mean, they send pressures and blitzes from from all over the place. They kind of run a, a more unorthodox. Uh, base defense, 3-3-5. Uh, three, three, um, and so if they can do that, you know, hold strong against the run, fourth, second and long, third and long, and then, you know, send some of those blitz, blitz packages and, and not allow those downfield routes to develop, um, that's your best bet to slow down the South Dakota State offense. yeah so, um, you know, I, I think yeah. they're, they're they're built to do it, but, I mean, the South Dakota State team is certainly a juggernaut.
8: How many of these uh, kids are going to end up in the uh, portal from these teams? Do you have any idea? And, and will there be some guys that will jump in? I guess it's closed? Well, no, they played a championship game. Do they have to declare at that level? How does that
3: work?
16: So there is a, a special waiver. So the, the, the transfer portal closed January 2nd. Now, if, if you're a grad transfer, you, you can kind of enter the, the, the transfer portal whenever you want. But there is a, a waiver for both the FCS and the FBS, actually, that uh, players in the championship game for the FCS, they get a five-year extended window beyond the championship game. And so you know, five days after Sunday, you know, undergrads can, can declare, um, or not declare, but, you know, put themselves into the transfer portal. Uh, will there be some, you know, probably, you know, it's, it's not a matter of will there be. It's a matter of who, you know, will it be? Um, you know, each team might, might lose, you know, a couple of backups and stuff like that, but it's a matter of, you know, are any, any of the starting quarterbacks, you know, going to leave any is the star running back, uh, you know, you know, going to leave. So, uh, you know, I think there might be some and you've seen that in the FCS playoffs. You know, the Monday after a team loses, it's kind of like the, the Monday exodus where, you know, a lot of players leave their FCS teams and that's the transfer portal the Monday after they lose. We'll see if that happens with South Dakota State and Montana. You know, good thing with, with both of these squads, they have Montana has a lot of Montana natives on its roster, like 55 or something like that. Montana wow. is on, on, on their uh, roster. South Dakota State has a lot of South Dakota guys, you know, on their roster, and they have a really good culture. So um, I don't think it's going to be a mass exodus, but there could be a couple of departures say, in a couple of days here.
8: Sam Herter, you're the man. Much love to you. Keep doing what you're doing, brother. Thank you for helping us out. And if folks want to read more, where do they find you?
16: Yeah, our website is heroesports.com, and then I'm on Twitter at Sam Herter SDS.
8: You could be the man. Thank you. And you need to get that game time changed between now and next year. I'm holding you to that.
16: Hey, I've been pushing for it. I'm pushing for a Friday night game, but uh, we'll, we'll see how that works.
8: Thank you, brother. Good talking to you. I mean, it makes no sense not to play that thing at a decent hour. And give those kids some love in the one A level, which I'm, I'm a football fan. I'm going to tell you right now, you give that a shot, and you will call me Monday, and you'll say, Tony, that was a heck of a game. Heck of a game. Much more competitive and interesting than watching the Giants play the Eagles in that 1 o'clock window. Who do the Titans have, Brian, uh, Sunday? Titans and Jags play Sunday. Much more interesting than that slop that Brian's Jags are throwing up, Bino. Slop, slop fest.
5: Hey, uh, you, you just can't rip the mighty, mighty AFC South. Got one team. We're going to have two teams in the playoffs and another that just barely missed it, Tony. The juggernaut.
8: Absolute slop fest. Complete.
10: And totally you know, the, the Titans up. are the last place team, and yet they're not they're not like awful, awful like some teams are.
8: To the phones we go. No. I agree There's with There's a handful of teams they're better than. The Titans the Titans are a few players away, Bri from being okay. I never say much complimentary about the Titans, but no. that is true. Your your divisions is sneaky okay, Bri, because that Texans And team, it's got quarterbacks. Yes, go ahead. That's exactly right.
10: It's got quarterbacks. Each each team has a quarterback that you might think could be pretty good.
8: Bino, you know, what do you make of this kerfluffle between the Tennessee fans and the kid at Kentucky that's now down there and the way he responded and said a few things? Apparently, are, are, it can't be Tennessee Titan fans that are being rough on him, right? In other words, fans that are both fans of the Vols and the Titans. Because once a guy's on your NFL team – I don't care where he went to college. I mean, it's fun if Avall plays for me. Sure, that's great when Charlie Garner play or Reggie White. You know, you're a little you're a little more proud. But at some point, who cares? Is that how you are being star in the pro ball?
5: Yeah, it doesn't matter to me, Tony, who, where they came from, Colts or Colts. Um, I I can't imagine there's a huge number of Tennessee t- I mean, you know, when he first got drafted, I'm sure there were some that thought, what what in the world? Uh, but uh, I, once I saw him play, uh, I, I think they did really good getting him in the second round. I can't imagine there's many that care that he played as long as he's, he's good enough to, to help the Titans and it appears to me he is.
8: Tennessee's got another 2024 commitment. So the Brazels, uh, three-star athlete Colin Brazell has committed to the Vols. This happened about an hour and a half or so ago this broke, but here we are. Younger brother of Tennessee transfer Chris Brazell uh, probably projects to be a defensive back. 6-2. Plays corner, one of those tall corners. Could play the star for the Vols, and he's a class of 2024 20, kid. To the to the uh, phones we go, the The truth is, is that Tennessee n- needs a plethora of corners. The other thing about this thing, Bino, it's really hard to keep up with your roster. Doing what we do, being a fan, because there's no way you can have seven or eight guys out of your secondary go into the portal and not bring a bunch of guys back. Either through the high school class, which is what they just did, or uh, or back out of the portal. It's really insane to follow this stuff.
5: Yeah, just just pure numbers, Tony. And as, as Seiko said, that's you know now modern day football. You play five of those just about all the time. So you got, what do you got to have fifteen?
8: I I would think and, and five and. Some Sometimes six, you know? I mean, in certain situations, yep. you could get six out there. Yep. But, of course, the way our guys like to – I got good news and bad news for this kid that just committed. The good news is he's going to get to stay in five-star accommodations. He's going to get wonderful training. He's going to eat great food. He'd have a snowball chance to stay in the field next year. I don't care if the guy walks out there and he's like Ronnie Lott. Or uh, or uh, Revis, Revis Island.
5: That's certainly been our history at that position un- under this stats.
8: My gosh. Uh, you know, uh,
10: <clears throat> going back to Levis, I think Hinton Hooker being available to take there sort of made a lot of ball fans mad because they wanted him to go to the Titans.
8: Hey, Bino, you're buying, selling, or trading at the NFL level. Which is what we're talking about here. Who are you taking first, Levis or him?
5: Well, if I if if I take my orange glasses off, Tony, and I'm just looking at guys that I think will be have a better chance or a higher upside in the pro game, I, I would take Levis.
8: Yeah, that's all. I don't understand what the controversy is. And this is NFL football. It doesn't help that Levis's team got destroyed in Nealon. Just a few months before. Who cares? I'm not here for sentimentality. I'm not here for sentimentality. Who cares? But that's what the the, the fans that were mad, they cared about Hey, Brian, I don't like Kirby Dumb, and he gets his hair cut at sports clips or by a floby, and he wears a stupid visor indoors. But, you know, at the end of the day, they got great defensive players, and my Eagles added some, and it is what it is. I don't understand it, but I guess I don't have to. Bino, your Colts are plus one and a half over here at Zen. What's going to happen in that ball game? How healthy is Houston's quarterback?
5: Well, he played last week, Tony, and it was something I they it was hard to tell. They—they they kind of put it on the Titans, so I don't know how much they asked him to do that day. Um, I, you know, just at first glance at these teams, I. I think Houston's got the better team. The Colts beat them early in the year. Yep. Uh, but I, I think that Houston's much improved from the time when the Colts played in week two, week three, when, whenever that was. Um, but, uh, I, I, you know, if you made me pick a winner, I'd probably pick Houston.
8: My friends at Zen Sports want to encourage you to look at the card this weekend. Find you a long shot. College ball, uh, a five-to-one, anything with plus 500 odds. And place your first bet with Zen Sports. And they'll reimburse you for the amount of your bet up to $1,000 maximum within 24 hours if you lose. And the great news is they're rolling out as well each and every day more and more ways to super serve people that choose in 2024 to go the Zen route. Because betting just got better in the state of Tennessee, and it's doing it each and every day over at Zen Sports. They've got a brand new VIP rewards program. Top-tier customers earn more bonuses, more comps, more perks. People that just like to have a little fun and, you know, a little something to look at when they're watching a game and get a little more aggravated, um, which is my want, um, they take care of them as well with some offers and things like that. But we're all going to get the great top-tier customer support, and we're all going to get the fastest withdrawals in the state. Zen Sports betting just got better. Download the app today at zensports.com. And if you have a gambling problem, 800-889-9789. Terms and conditions apply 21 and over in the state of Tennessee to bet. And we will do a TLD Logistics Overdrive, overtime coming up, when our radio offering uh, expires we have a few more minutes left we'll get another call in here and then we'll do a tld logistics overdrive overtime, which is heard over at tclub.team where you find our blog every day and our blog's just you know spot where i put the cogent thoughts of the day together for the program so you get a sneak peek of what we're going to do on the air plus there's some pretty good reporting there as well there's some interesting uh, analytical stuff. Uh, Matt Dixon wrote a piece about the bowl game. It's excellent. Orange Throat has a few thoughts about the machinations inside of Tennessee's program and what's going on there. Bino last week, a week or so ago, had a great piece about uh, Josh Heupel and what we think of him versus what we thought of him and where we think this thing is heading which I thought was extremely interesting. So we have a band of contributors. Brian contributes. Um, Kyle contributes. We've got a bunch of folks. Of course, Sexy X's out there with the recruiting stuff. And Sexy he's like, Tony, why are you so worked up over the Mincy thing? He is so replaceable. All right, X. All right. All right. Hey, man. Okay. Let's go back to our phones.
10: Well, it's because they haven't developed. That many linemen. Yes, Axe. Since they, that's probably part of it. Yes, Axe. How about that, Axe? They don't appear to have a
8: plan how, how about to get that, somebody big who's as good or better. How about Brian Hartman setting you straight as he comes correct? Hello and welcome into our next call. Brails bro. Wow, that was close. You almost got a syllable out of your mouth. That sound, that just unhappy, ugh. <laughs> Nico Bozo Nico Bozo Leo imagine needing it that badly I guess we all need it internally don't we a little bit of uh, recognition Somebody to say to you, hey man, you you might want to go do something productive today. Had to call had to take one more call Am, I, uh, the am I harsh being, can I be harsh, Bino, or am I, What are we doing here? I'll I'll keep you out of it. To the radio listener, I want to say I love you. Tomorrow, um and we'll get some more calls in on so if you're on hold, we're coming to you. Tomorrow, as soon as the basketball game ends, it is Garza Law, Tennessee basketball overtime to the stars. We'll have a full family of folks in here, and we will be breaking that down scientifically. I'm going to call the shot. Vols will win what will be an interesting basketball game tomorrow night. Close game. Rock fight. Rock fight. Close game in the Tommy Bowl. In the meantime, thousands will be there. Hundreds of thousands will say they were. Just like hundreds of thousands will be with us after the game tomorrow as our audience continues to explode. Thank you for that. Tell a friend. We love you. God willing, on Monday we'll do it again.
6: This is Big Lou Maddox, and you're listening to the best radio in southern Middle Tennessee, WKOM 101.7 FM, Columbia.